Toronto proud to announce from Zurich Men's League Switzerland from US program Austin Matthews. Okay, it's good to see you all again. So happy to be here on the 61st episode of this, I think. Uh, yep, that's right. And it's day, or it's week 19.85 of the isolation, or is it month 19.85? I don't know anymore. Time is meaningless. There is no, there is no future. I think it's over. Um, anyway, let's talk about the leaves. So there is, I mean, it seems pretty official to me. Uh, they're going to play Columbus. They're going to play sometime, maybe early August. Um, training camps are supposed to start uh, July 5th or something. Yeah, something like that. July 5th or whatever. And you got to imagine like two weeks of training camps, maybe. And they got to transfer to wherever they're going to do this. Uh, I mean, they got to transfer to wherever they're doing this, maybe play some exhibition games, then the five-game buy-in, so... I mean, crap, it might be like... It might be like end of August we actually start seeing. We might actually start seeing this stuff happen, which is kind of cool. Um, it's going to be odd. In August, we're having like a playoff round, but like I'm not going to complain. And I think it's pretty beneficial for the Leafs. You know, at first I was thinking it might be really hard for them, you know, this big layoff. But then I sort of looked at it, and I'm like, well, historically, the past few years, this team has done pretty well at the beginning of the season. Um, wasn't September, isn't, uh, no, sorry, October is like Austin Matthews month. He was like scoring a goal a game, um, or even more than that. Like, And then the whole team is doing good. I think at the beginning of the season, by the last two seasons especially, they look like, oh, top team in the league, like they're just killing it, and then the troubles happened. Um, so this might play to their advantage, and typically, um, teams don't really establish their structure until a few months into the season, like two or three. Now, whether that's because maybe they don't care as much at the beginning, because it's like, eh, whatever, 82 games, will be fine, we got time. And then it starts to get real once the standings are taking shape, and the teams that rely on structure... Um, start to buckle down a lot more or it's just practice being together because you got to think like this has been uh, I think we're actually at like two and a half months so it's been almost three months it might be four maybe close to five month break before this starts again so that means I mean that's longer than the typical off season isn't it you know June July, yeah that's longer or at least equal to the typical off season so you're getting this bigger break for everybody and a team like Columbus, they heavily rely on their structure to get them through, um, just because they don't have as much talent as some other teams, like the Leafs. So this could play to their advantage that way. Now where it might come back to bite them is that 
they could get real confident in the beginning because teams aren't used to it. They don't have the structure they're used to. Um, but then downward throughout the playoffs, uh, teams will become more structured and they'll get, be getting better at that. And a team like the Leafs, that's just not good defensively and does better when the game isn't as tight. Um, they might just go, well, we won the past three rounds this way, so we have to keep doing that. But it might turn out that that's not the way they could win anymore uh, if they make it far enough into the playoffs. So we'll have to see. I'm actually pretty pretty excited. I mean, I know on the last podcast that I did with the, my two friends, um, I was probably pretty harsh on the team, and I think it's well-deserved just given their history um, against these type of teams in these situations. So I'm not taking back what I said, but there is still that uh, you know, rust on the gears issue that a lot of teams are going to be facing and it could open things up. Um, the Honestly, the best thing that could happen is that there is the rust in the gears and this happens to a lot of teams and it throws the other standings out of whack. So teams like, um, let's say, the two, who would at least match up against good in the, in the West? Let me get a list here quick. Okay, now that I got a list in front of me, let me just show you. Uh, I would say if a team's teams like uh, Vegas, Colorado, Edmonton, uh, Vancouver, but I doubt that. If one of those teams, you know, made it to the finals versus the Leafs, I think that would be a very good matchup for them. Uh, Vegas, they are a very well-built team, um, but actually, hold on, I haven't seen them play much under Pete DeBoer, so I might have to. I might be wrong about this. Uh, but before their structure, their style of play was sort of similar to the Leafs, where you just sort of like. You kind of loosely were just out there and doing your things on the offense. Um, defense was decently structured, but they did they they opened it up for their players a lot more. Um, and I sort of see the same thing in Colorado. Edmonton's not really trying to do that, but I don't think they have much of a choice with their the depth on the team. So if they were somehow to sneak past everybody, I could kind of see that playing to the least advantage. Um, just because, like, I mean, I know if you go toe-to-toe, like, Dreisaitl and McDavid are might be a step above all the players in the Leafs. Uh, and that's saying something, but they don't have the necessary depth. So if you spread out the Leafs' talent throughout, and Edmund has spread out the talent throughout, I think, and they played a similar style, they'll still fairly lose. I think the Leafs could come out on top of that, and I do think they have better goaltending. Uh, Vancouver, even though it's my other favorite team, I'd feel the same way. I just think, like, the structure and all that kind of stuff would play in the Leafs' favor there. So if you're, if we're kind of lucky and one of those teams makes it through... Oh, Colorado, I didn't talk about them enough. They're very similar. They're very young. They've got a lot of good players. Um, although I would be kind of afraid of playing a series against McKinnon. He is definitely, like... I know... Some people, everybody's going to say, oh, Drysdale and McDavid are probably the best players in the league right now, yada, yada, yada. I'd say McKinnon's a step above them. I th- like, he reminds me a lot more of, like, Crosby when he was younger. Just fast, strong, very defensively sound, just like a true leader on the team. Like, honestly, I think he's the best player in the league. And, like, all-around player. Um, yeah, definitely believe that. Uh, so, yeah, I think that definitely helps them out. The way things are just laid out right now, structure-wise, it's definitely a big advantage. It's also, of all the years for them to win, too. Like, of course, if they win, I'd be beyond happy. But 
everyone's always going to make up that excuse. Oh, it's the asterisks on the playoffs. You know, if the, the, the year was different, then maybe they wouldn't have won. You can say that about any year. You know, if Vegas wasn't brought in uh, the year that they were, like maybe they were delayed a year, they might not have disrupted the the league as much, and who knows what would have happened. Um, there's tons of teams you could just say, well, it's luck that they won because X player got injured. Happens all the time. So, yeah, it's a different year, but you still got to win when you're supposed to win. Um, so whatever team wins this is it this year, I just, I really hate, I'm going to hate the conversations that team or, team or people are going to bring up. Like, oh, well, it's because of the structure. Probably, but, uh, you know, they didn't choose that in every team had the same opportunity during that time, so what are you going to do? Um, so, like I said, I believe this new start is actually going to be a big advantage for them. I was harsh on them. They deserve it. Uh, but if they play their cards right, this actually could be quite the off-season. Or quite the post-season. Off-season? Off-season sucks right now. Um, I was going to talk a little bit more about the current situations between uh, Montreal-Chicago playing uh, Pittsburgh and Edmonton, respectively. Um, a lot of people are saying, well, this is really unfair. Pittsburgh-Edmonton way better than Montreal and Chicago. They don't deserve to get in. Um, there's some scenarios here that are pretty crazy. You could... If Pittsburgh loses, there's a potential. There's a really high potential. Not well, super high, but high enough chance that they could get a top three pick and you throw any of the top three like a good top three pick on their team man that's going to change things same thing with Edmonton and if I was a fan of Montreal or Chicago that would be the most frightening thing because honestly as good as Montreal and Chicago can be at times are they really good enough to make it all the way through the playoffs and win the Stanley Cup probably not um I wouldn't like to play them in the first round because that's always possible, but I'd also wouldn't mind playing the first round because of the high draft pick that the other teams are going to get because of it. And if you're, like I said, if you're a Montreal Chicago fan, do you really want them to win? <laughs> like it's That would be a tough thing to see. Um, again, the odds of like Montreal win or winning and then Pittsburgh winning the draft lottery, they're pretty low because I let me look up the odds, actually. I kind of want to get that number down, just to play with the numbers better. Okay, we got one of my favorite websites, Tankathon, up. As a fan of the Canucks and Leafs in the past few years, I use this quite a bit to, like, give me hope. Like, maybe they'll win the draft lottery. Um, Toronto did, which was pretty crazy. Um, it's a moment I'll never forget. Uh, but anyway, Montreal and Chicago, respectively, uh, Montreal has a 6, 6.3, and 6.7 chance to win uh, positions 1, 2, or 3. Chicago has 5, 5.3, and 5.7. Now, if you are Pittsburgh or Edmonton, and say you lose in the play-in round, suddenly you're in that position, and that puts you in 1, 2, 5, 6, 7. Yeah, so that's 8 and 9 uh, best chances to win a draft pick. And then, let's just say they don't win. Let's say they stay exactly where they are. They have an 8th round pick and a really deep draft. If you're Pittsburgh, they might consider trading that to a team that's still planning on rebuilding in the long term for a player that could be useful now. Um, just trying to think. I mean, there's tons of teams that would probably be interested in something like that. 
uh, let's just quickly pull standings up. You know, you've got teams like LA, they could poach from. Anaheim, you could poach from. Uh, Minnesota, you could poach from. Buffalo, uh, maybe Buffalo would. There's New Jersey, uh, Ottawa, even Florida. You know, Florida's talk, talking about getting money off their cap. There's probably players on their team that they would trade for a really high pick. So a smart team, a smart uh, general manager in either Montreal or Chicago could turn even a draft losing uh, win into something really useful. Uh, sorry, Pittsburgh or Edmonton, if one of them ended up with it. They could turn that into something really useful. They could even trade it back to like Montreal or Chicago for like one of their players. So... This this whole situation has a potential to change the entire league in so many ways. It's like un, it's unbelievable. Not only will it affect the eventual Stanley Cup winner, it'll affect the teams that traded for picks in this if they end up falling out of the play-in round. So a team like Arizona, who honestly probably wasn't going to make it anyway, but if they fall out into the playing round, um, they lost that first round pick for nothing. Then that high pick suddenly the team um, gets a way higher pick than they were probably expecting uh, in New Jersey, which is crazy, the kind of picks New Jersey is going to have this year. Um, you could have teams like Pittsburgh and Edmonton, who are a lot closer to a Stanley Cup, getting way better players than they should have. You could have teams like Montreal and Chicago that are rebuilding and trying to build something, missing out on a chance that they would have had to get a really good player to fill a position like it's center in Montreal and I believe Chicago probably needs more defense. I think it's defense or wingers. I can't remember their main priority. But anyway, you have those huge ramifications. Then you have all the financial issues. Uh, which teams are going to lose out on oh, like all the revenue maybe they need to survive and there's teams like Florida that come to mind. There's teams like Arizona that come to mind. And which area in, you know, like moving some of these teams could make a lot more sense I'm sorry Florida fans but moving Florida to Quebec would probably be it that'd be a dream of mine taking all those play that team and moving it to Quebec which just that would be amazing <laughs> they stay in the same division uh, they increase the rivalry with Quebec and the other Canadian teams uh, it doesn't really change things too much and yeah that's that's I, I want that all the time I really do um, and then how any of this stuff affects next season like who knows what happens to the TV deal with NHL but also the I'll just pass it um, but also how, how it affects the next year's play in rounds and then probably the short break which revolves into the 2022 season how it affects that like this is going to like this is going to create a new normal for the next three years that like most general managers were not prepared for and it's going to really show who are the good and bad ones and it's really going to test a team like the Leafs with the oh the flat cap I didn't even mention that um, there might even be new rules come in just to like deal with this like okay you can have one legacy player or some stupid thing uh, for teams that can afford it it's they might have to do something like that but anyway moving on to the news it's just general news. There wasn't really anything I could find on the Leafs this week that was interesting enough to talk about that hadn't already been like beaten to death. Uh, Judd Brackett has left the Vancouver Canucks, and what I, some of the sources I've read have said, it's like a, a, a 
chain of command issue where Judd wanted more control over who they picked. Um, and I guess Jim Benning didn't want to give up that control, which I feel is kind of normal. I thought the GMs always had, like, they took all the scouting reports, maybe they'd see some of the players from themselves, but in the end the GM would make the decision. Maybe some teams do it differently, and that's how we wanted it. Maybe he just... I mean, we don't really know what's going on behind the scenes, but maybe there was some player that he was, like, you know, a few players he was really adamant on um, that they should have picked instead of X player. Although I would have to say that since Jim Benning's sort of, like, cemented being in charge and changed the structure of the team, he's picked some pretty friggin' good players in the past few years. So, uh... Maybe you can go back to the Jake Vertanen thing and the um, Ole Yolevi, but those are still issues where it's like, at the time, they were big needs, and at the time, those players were rated huge. You can't really uh, expect certain players to, like, um, get injured like Olevi has, and who knows if he plays uh, in a couple years. But, um, yeah, uh, that's interesting that he's free. I'd be really surprised wondering who's going to pick him up because he is definitely going to get picked up he's shown it i mean he's part of the team that made all these good picks you can't take that away from him so he's definitely going to be interested in going somewhere um, where he gets that autonomy and he's probably going to get it and i'd feel like a place like uh, buffalo comes to mind um carolina comes to mind buffalo because they've had a history that they haven't picked very great, and I think bringing in someone who's made better picks in the past few years would, would benefit them quite a bit. Uh, Carolina, just because their owner, I think it's Tom Dundon, is his name? Um, he comes from the business world, and he likes to think a little bit differently, and he might like the idea of, like, yeah, why don't we have the scout choose the mate, like, who they're supposed to, who they've been scouting, and who they prefer because they're probably more of an expert than the general manager who's done like a ton of things. Uh, that makes a lot of sense to me. And maybe, I mean, he might not get paid as much there, but maybe giving that autonomy uh, would be enough to bring him in. Um, so I'd very interested in see that. Um, the next piece of news is uh, about Jack Eichel. Now he was in an interview recently and they were asking him about how he felt about everything. And he just, he sounds like he's really depressed with the way things have gone. You know, he's been there, I think, five years. They haven't really won anything. They've never been in the playoffs. And even in the expanded playoff format where they're having this play-in round, Buffalo wasn't good enough to make it. That has got to be pretty soul-crushing. They've had a lot of draft picks. They even won the draft lottery. Like, they came second and got Jack Eichel instead of Connor McDavid, which is pretty good consolidation prize. And they won Rasmus Dahlin. And they had trades for... Oh, they had trade. They traded for, like, another first-round pick. It was supposed to be a defenseman or something. But anyway, they've had so many chances, and they just haven't been able to put it together. They also lost Robin Leonard, which, uh... <laughs> they should have kept him. Um, and I feel... On, actually, a little side note. I feel like Robin Leonard would probably be a really good fit there right now if they would pay him for, like, five years. Um, because of Ralph Kruger. I think the two of them and, like, that mentality that Ralph Kruger apparently brings of like positivity and like working with people with a goalie like Robin Leonard who's like all about mental health and making yourself better that's pretty good fit um they'd probably make the playoffs at that point I think I think that would give them the right confidence and have that right mix and it would make I mean if you're a fan you'd be like oh wow 
uh, so he came back, right? <laughs> like after they traded him, or didn't refuse to give him a contract to pass the administration. So uh, we'll see what happens there. But damn, you have to feel bad for Jack Eichel. Like he just sounds defeated. I can't blame him. I feel like he probably has a certain amount of loyalty because he wants to see it through. But you gotta gotta wonder when you're there that long and you're like you're not winning. It's like you guys gotta trade me. Like I can't take this anymore. They might be better off if they can trade him for like sort of a weaker center and a defenseman or another winger or something just to spread out the offense of the team. And you gotta wonder when that's going to happen. Like it's sort of like Connor McDavid and Edmonton. If if they lose the play in round and they don't improve next year and say they just missed the playoffs, like that's that might be the end there. And I kinda of feel like the Samuel Jack I go if next year they don't win. Like it, it could be any moment where he just goes, you know what? I'm done. I, yeah. I don't want anyone to lose. Like I said, I feel bad for people. You have to have, you have to have no heart to not at least feel a little bit bad in the situation. Um, that's going to be interesting to see, especially the way everything's folding out with the playoffs and like the, how it's there's shortened off season now and the next shortened off season, all that kind of stuff. Uh, what is that going to do to Buffalo? going to be very interesting three years from now to like piece this all together and see what happens um but yeah that's it that's all i got for today thank you so much for listening and now we'll talk to you next time